right? So you can drink kale smoothies and go to Pilates and have banging clothes. But if what you're telling yourself the entire time is that you're worthless, that you need to lose another five pounds, it doesn't matter. So you have to be willing to pay attention to what you're telling yourself and talk to yourself with love. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 271 with guest Susan Hyatt. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm always excited to be here, but I am especially excited today for the guest that I have you. Susan Hyatt holds a special place in my heart, and you'll hear why in the episode. But she and I go way back. I've known Susan for a very, very long time, and this book that she has out called Bear is definitely something you need to pick up. So in this episode, she's going to walk you through this seven-step process that she has that I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree with all of the steps that she's going to be talking to you about that will help you truly, truly transform your life. Another exciting thing about this episode is that there are two ways you can win a free copy of Susan's book. So the first way is that for those of you who listen to the podcast pretty much right out of the gate, so from now until March 8th, 2019, you can win a copy of the book and you have to wait until the end of the episode to find out how to do that. And there's also a surprise giveaway on top of winning the book that I'm going to make you wait until the end of the episode to hear about it. And then also for for my wonderful, wonderful patrons, those of you who support the show, head on over to the Patreon feed and you also can find out how to win a copy of Susan's book. For those of you that don't know Susan, let me tell you a little bit about her. Susan Hyatt is a master certified life coach and weight loss expert. She's the creator of the trademarked Bear Process, a podcast called Bear, and an online community called Bear Daily. With her fiery Facebook rants, Susan has gained an international following of women who love her honesty, humor, and fearlessness. So without further ado, here is Susan. <laughs> Susan Hyatt's in the house. Yes, I'm so excited. So excited. Well, it's been a minute since you were here because you were episode 69, which we found hilarious. I forgot that. That's right. Yes. You were episode 69. So I'm sure everyone's going to go and run over and listen to that very, very episode because it was so great. So it's episode 271 now. It's been more than 200 episodes since you've been here. Wow. A lot has happened since then. (laughs) A lot of life. A A lot lot of of life. life. A lot of life. And... I just, I'm so excited to be here because this book is incredible and every woman needs to read it. And you and I have grown closer in our relationship, professional and personal relationship even. And so I just am so excited about this. I cannot, everybody needs to read this book. I'm getting way (laughs) too excited. I'm so excited. You're excited because I want everyone to read this book because we need to create this revolution. 
it really, and it's, it's, I feel like it's long overdue. I have had this conversation with my friend, Kate Anthony, for anybody that hasn't listened to it, I'll pop those links in the show notes. And Kate Anthony and I had a two-part conversation because it was such a long talk that we had about our own journey in diet culture. So we came to the episodes, not as an expert or anything like that, but just maneuvering our way through our own body image and getting older and, you know, really understanding what diet culture is. And that's, that's some of what Mm -hmm. bear is about, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Like the whole first part of the bear process is, uh, waking up to what diet culture has taught you. And what I have found is that I had some pushback from some of my listeners who, and I, I get it because on one hand, there is people who truly do feel that they need to lose weight from their bodies for their health. And it's a legitimate sure. thing that's going on. Sure. And, but anyway, and I, I had another, um, Ali Shapiro was on here too, because this conversation is complicated, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it is complicated because I started my career as a coach not dealing with food and body at all. And then when I went through my own transformation around food and body issues, I became a weight loss coach as part of my um, mission. And it was straight up weight loss. Now it was always from the, from the mode of tuning into your own body and not using external cues, but uh, the goal was weight loss. And Mm -hmm. over the years, um, because it is such a complicated issue, what I realized, where I realized my special gifts were in this arena was helping a woman love the skin that she was in because I could help anybody lose a certain amount of weight. It didn't matter Mm -hmm. if we didn't do the heavy lifting, if we didn't deal with what was really going on and, and her loving and appreciating aging and her muffin top and stretch marks and all those things, it really was never enough. And so, I am not against weight loss. What I am against is losing weight because you have been taught that you need to shrink in order to be valuable. Say it louder for the people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That or losing weight because you feel that you're wrong for being in the body that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the difference. It's not that because I have plenty of clients, like you said, who they can't make it upstairs or they want to be able to run on the beach with their grandkids or, you know, they know I'm always talking about my sister when I'm talking, explaining this, my sister, um, is in her fifties and she, what went from being a very active running her own business from home, um, to taking care full time of her grandson. And she was, she had already done the stay at home mom thing and then found herself willingly wanting to help take care of her grandson, Liam. But at the end of the day, she found herself in her red chair, eating little Debbie's drinking wine. You know, when a woman realizes that the extra pound she has is because she is numbing, that's really different than saying, I want to lose that extra 10 pounds so I can have thigh gap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, and anytime a woman is obsessed with shrinking herself or looking younger or doing things so that she fits this cultural norm we've been fed, that's where the warning signs, the, the bells go off and it's time to do some work. Yes. Well, I would love, I have so many questions for you and I want to start from the beginning. There was something, I mean, this, the the whole process, the seven step process that you have is, is awesome. And I want to start with 
I think the thing that like pulled me in was your story. And I don't think I, maybe I heard this a long time ago, but I don't remember it so specifically when you hired your, I was Brooke your first coach? Yeah. Brooke Castillo. Um, she wasn't my first coach, but I hired her for weight loss. You hired her for weight in, loss specifically. In 2007. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you are, you asked her to help you lose weight and mm-hmm. she asked you a specific question. So start, start from there. Yeah. So I was a brat of a client. Let me just put that <laughs> right out there. I had a lot of attitude around this. I had a chip on my shoulder. I thought I was way too smart and accomplished to be concerned with the vanity of losing weight. And yet I knew that there was something going on with me. And a question that she asked me that has stuck with me forever. And it's really the guiding principle of bear is what feels like love. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, what feels like love. I was like, you can't make me exercise. You can't make me do it. And when I really got honest about that answering that question, yes, what feels like love may feel like a nap sometimes, but what feels like love probably means to move your creature body. Mm -hmm. Like we're made to move. And when we don't, our emotions get stuck. Um, we're not as clear, you know, our mental health suffers. We're more tired, all those things. And when I really started to dive into that question, what feels like love in a way that I wanted to move my body and feed my body and adorn my body, everything really changed. Yeah. And I think that's the part that jumped out at me. And I think some women definitely make this connection with their bodies is that you were, so this was back when you used to be a couch potato, right? And like oh my God. people who used to exercise. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. Um, I was a couch potato. I was swinging through fast food restaurant drive throughs three times a day. Mm-hmm. My attitude was that I, people who worked out, women who worked out, I used to call them exercise queens, that they were shallow and mm-hmm. vain. And I had much better things to do in the world. And that, it, <laughs> but I can be uh, a mom and yeah, you're busy. Right. Right. I was busy. But then I would beat myself up for not doing it. So I couldn't win. Because I was, of the way your body looked. Right. Yeah. Like I, I was like, you know what? Um, you're a slob. Mm-hmm. And, oh, but you're way too intelligent to be that shallow. So I painted myself into this corner where there was no winning. Yeah. And you said, when I was reading this story, you said that what came out during this coaching session, and I have no idea if you were expecting this or what, lots of things can come out in coaching sessions that totally surprise everybody. (laughs) You had a traumatic event that happened. And do you feel like that that was directly connected to where you were at at that time and, and how you wanted to change? Yeah. So I'm a rape survivor and I hadn't fully, I had been through a lot of therapy to heal a lot of that trauma, but I hadn't fully dealt with it. And really what came up, what for me was that there was some residual trauma to be healed. And what I for sure was doing was using like a wheel of brie and some wine to cope with the pain that I was still feeling around that violation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really common. Yeah, I do. I do too. I absolutely do. And I think that trauma can, and I've had, I've had several episodes on trauma. What I have found to be true about trauma is that, and I was not happy about this, is that (laughs) I thought like, okay, you, you get, 
all the courage that you can muster and you get help for your trauma and then you're done. Yeah. 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 You graduate. You graduate. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I was so pissed to to discover like, I'm like, I've already done this. Yeah. Nope, boo. You got more work to do. Yes. Got more work to do. Okay. So can you kind of like tick off the seven steps? I don't know if you call them steps, but like the seven, like the bear process and just like generally speaking, what does that look like? Because it's not a diet. It is not a diet. It it's it's about expanding your life. And so I put together these seven steps of this process over time. I started to notice what exercises, homework exercises I was that had the most bang for the buck for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a little sneaky. So I was like, what are the ones that really help get to deep issues with my clients that they don't see coming, okay. right? Because mm-hmm. anybody who spent a lot of time with a coach or a therapist, our clients are smart and they start to be like, oh, I know where she's going. I'm going to work the system. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's game the system. And so I curated what I thought was a seven-step process that people would be excited to do, engaged in doing, but then would also help us get to a lot of good, juicy stuff. Mm -hmm. So the first part of it is what I call environmental diet, where it's taking a look at everything that's happening in your environment, coming at you through your senses, not just what you're eating, what you're watching, what you're listening to, peer conversations, music, TV, social media, and paying very close attention to what's there and why. Like, what are you tolerating? Everything you're consuming. Everything you're consuming. Hmm. Um, And then the second part is pleasure, which actually the bear process initially was a six-week process. And after teaching it for a couple of years, I was like, you know what? Something's missing. And what was missing, which is now my favorite facet of the bear process is that a woman really doesn't need more willpower. She needs more pleasure in her life. And because women tend to put their needs on the back burner for the sake of family, community, relationships, work, when I help bring that forward, everything changes. So it's environmental diet, add pleasure to your day, then people are always like, what about food? I talk about food, but I talk about it differently. So eating with attentiveness is about, there's no food off limits. Unless, of course, you have some kind of allergy, it's your choice. But there's power food and pleasure food, meaning foods that power you up, energize you. And that is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And foods that are pleasurable to you and nothing is off limits. So just understanding, tuning in according to your unique body. For example, there are certain really healthy foods that don't feel good in my body. So it's not about calories or macros or what your nutritionist said. It's paying attention to like, oh, mushrooms actually make me feel sick, even though I love the way they taste. Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't consume those. I feel that um, way about quinoa. I posted that on Facebook and people were all offended. <laughs> I saw that. Ew. I didn't have a chance to go back. Can we and all say just something about stop it pretending yet. that it's good? Yeah, <laughs> it's there's like, so what is going many, on with quinoa? There's so many quote unquote help foods that people are celebrating <laughs> that are gross. And that also, I mean, when we're talking about food, the the 
the way that I present food is that like, y'all let's all quit being weird about food and hiding eating disorders behind food plans. Um, Mm -hmm. which is really, I think what's going on a lot in the, in the, uh, diet culture world. Oh, are you talking about like keto or paleo or whole 30, like all of those things? Yeah. I think that I'm not saying that if any of your listeners love those things and that's helped liberate them, that's fine. But eating disorders absolutely hide behind complicated plans like that. Mm -hmm. And it gives someone with an eating disorder something to do other than focus on what they need to be focused on. And it's, it's a control issue. So it's like, oh, you know, intermittent fasting. I am great. I'm going to shrink the amount of time I feed my body. Awesome. I'm in. Oh God, I have to stay away from that type of stuff. I did the whole 30, oh my gosh, it's been probably three years now. It was Mm -hmm. a complete and utter fucking disaster. (laughs) For for someone with a history of an eating disorder who struggles with control is my hardest thing to let go of. And so I wanted to marry the whole 30. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And it was, oh God, the planning Yes, the planning and the restriction of it. And it messed with my hormones. And I know it's amazing for some people who really need to figure out what foods are hurting their body, but it was not, it was not for me. Right. And that's the point I want to make about food. Like I'm not anti when people say to me like, well, I love Kato or I love paleo. Mm -hmm. What do you love about it? And if it it really is right? That it, that you feel free and it feels like love rock on with it. My point with this is that people, women who have had a history of struggle around food and body an external plan is what we've all given our souls away to. And I want to help bring that back to you and you deciding what foods power you up and what foods taste pleasurable and not eliminate entire food groups or, you know, times of eating because of a a plan told you that would make you skinny. Exactly. I find it so interesting, the the whole concept of eating for pleasure, which I think is so foreign to a lot of people. I'm raising my hand over here. And especially as as women who live very busy lives, whether you're a mom or you work 80 hours a week or whatever your life looks like, many times Mm -hmm. it can be eating in the car on the way to work. Or for me, sometimes it's like shoveling in a yogurt parfait over the sink because I have the time to do it. I find myself even eating dinner standing up. But what I noticed, this was just recently. We went to the Cheesecake Factory, my, my family and I, and we got a piece of cheesecake to go. And I hate that they tell you the amount of calories on the menus. So this particular <laughs> piece of cheesecake, I happened to notice it had 1,200 calories in it. And it was a pretty yeah. decent size of piece of cheesecake. And so we brought it home and it was the Ghirardelli, like triple chocolate. So it was like chocolate cheesecake, chocolate mousse, and then like mm-hmm. chocolate cake on the bottom. Yeah. I know and just what you're talking what about. What I yeah. noticed is that, and my mom does this. So my mom is one of those rare people. I don't know if it's rare, but she's one of the only people I know who can get something sweet and only have a couple of bites. And she's not mm-hmm. doing it to be restrictive. She savors it. And then yep. she's like, I'm done. I'm truly done. My mom is like one of the only people I, I know who've like really never had an issue with food. And I don't know why I didn't inherit it, but um, <laughs> but as I'm eating this cheesecake, I literally only needed like two smallish bites and it was so rich and decadent and amazing and so pleasurable. I was like, I'm done. I don't need to eat the whole thing. And then I had the cheesecake for like four or five days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Great. 
that's that's exactly right. Like often when you when a food is not off limits, right? So as soon as we make a food off limits, make it bad. Then we make it bad. Then it's like, oh my God, I got to have it. And we gobble, gook it down. Um, but when you're like, I can have whatever I want. So, you know, over the years, things have changed. Foods that used to metabolize well in my body don't anymore. I'm 45 turning 46. I can have a glass of champagne. I can make a choice with a glass of champagne. If I have two glasses, it's a choice like, okay, I'm going to have night sweats and I'm not going to sleep as well. And with something like chocolate cake, it's the same kind of thing. Like when you're truly making a decision, like, yeah, I can have the cake. And then you're eating it attentively using your senses. And that's the thing about eating for pleasure that the practical side of it is when you really are sitting down and, and trust me, I catch myself eating standing up too. Um, but when we take the time to sit down and like really look at what we're eating and smell it and understand that pleasure and satiation is happening, then the brain can signal all the other organs and things in the body like, hey, we're getting to work digesting some food here. So what's really interesting is Mark David's work. Um, he has a great book called The Slow Down Diet. And it's not a diet, but <laughs> it, a his, re, his research about how you can, for example, you and I, Andrea, can stand over the sink and eat something seemingly healthy like a yogurt parfait. It's not going to metabolize well in our bodies if we're rushing and shoveling it in. And we could eat something technically much less healthy but eat it attentively and the body will metabolize it better. We're actually wired for pleasure. So it's not just a woo-woo thing like enjoy yourself, treat yourself. It's there are scientific things happening, y'all. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> it's science. So yes. I love it. Okay. <clears> well, I, I, inter I interrupted your, your ticking off the, the, the process. So please continue. Yeah. So um, moving on from eating with attentiveness, exercising with love, which we've talked about, which is exercising with love means dating your inner athlete and figuring out, you know, am I a solo exerciser? Do I need an accountability buddy? Do I work well in group classes? And really figuring that out for yourself. And it might look like Tai Chi and it might look like CrossFit, but letting go of this idea this transactional relationship with the body that I'm only going to move my body if I have JLo's ass by Friday, which mm -hmm. was always my criteria. Mine too. Mm -hmm. um, so it never worked out. So deciding that you're going to move your body for all the other benefits, which people roll their eyes at, I know. But once you really get into the mode of like, okay, this body was built to move. I'm going to move it because it's going to give me more energy. I'm going to move it because for my mental health. I'm going to move it because... If I don't, my day is not going to go as well or I'm not going to feel as good. Um, and I know a lot of people like myself who are non-exercisers can't imagine it right now. So there's some things in the bear process that help get people moving and asking the question, what feels like love? And honestly, there's nothing that delights me more than the mail I get from women like, oh my gosh, you were right. I started doing yoga a couple times a week and I'm making more money. I'm a more peaceful parent. I mean, the benefits are well beyond shrinking your body or toning your body. Absolutely. So the book is called Bear, a seven-week program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. Available now, everyone. I wanted to pause to tell Yay! everybody to go buy it. 
Yes. Well, it's it's the whole exercise. Yeah, and you and I have had uh, you know private conversations about exercise and and the the relationship that I think is common for for many women. And I'll just kind of share the anecdote is that now. What I've noticed about exercise is that in my only early 40s, I feel like I'm still somewhat of a youngster, but it's Mm -hmm. changed. My body doesn't get results. I'm using quotes over here. The kind of results that I used to get when I would exercise this amount. And so I had to come to terms with that. And you told me, yeah, that a lot of people have that relationship with exercise where it needs to be transactional. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I had never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, if I put out all this effort... I want to have JLo's booty by Friday. Right. It's like, I'm going to do, hey body, I'm going to do these crunches or I'm going to do these lunges, but you better shape up. Yeah. You You better show me in the mirror. It's this attitude that is putting us constantly at war with our bodies. And instead it's like, you know what? I'm going to take good care of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think now I think about and I know this is a long ways off and my, my children may not decide not to have children, but I think about my future grandchildren and I want to be a fit older person. I want to be someone who's not like creaking, getting out of the chair or like, oh, I can't get up the stairs. And, and I, I need to do that now. And I did, you know, it was, it was sort of you that pushed me over the edge with buying a Peloton. Cause I've been thinking yes! about getting one for years. And just this morning, I, <laughs> I was doing it. I was on the bike and Thong Song by Cisco came on and I just about lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> and I was dancing on the bike and I wasn't listening to the instructions. <laughs> I was like, oh, but that to me is exercising for pleasure. Absolutely. And it, and it is possible. I mean, from someone who, who I know there's many of you out there listening that are like, I hate exercise. I don't like to sweat she's crazy. I'll do every other part of the bear process, but that I just want to encourage you to just be open to the possibility that moving your body could feel really different if you approach it in this new way. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. Okay. What's, what's next after that? Then what's next is I'm sure probably everyone listening, unless they've been under a rock has heard of Marie Kondo and her con Marie method. I love her so much. I I love her her so much. I, I just love we, her demeanor and everything. Anyway, okay. She's so delightful. <laughs> I haven't read her book, but I did watch the show. Her book is great. And I actually applied part of her Marie method to the bear method, which is um, I've always had women look at their closets and think about the story that their wardrobe is telling. And most women, when they look at their wardrobe, um, have a couple of many things happening, but two common things are ambition sizing and ambition clothing happening, meaning they've got that little black dress or that pair of jeans that if they just lost that oh, 10, God. 15 pounds, you know, if mm-hmm. I just, and, and then if they're like me, I had a stack of jeans that was every single size just about. And what I like to do is have women go through their wardrobe, ask the question that Marie Kondo poses, does this spark joy? Uh And what typically happens is the ambition sizing doesn't spark joy because every time you look at it, you're like failure, failure, failure about yourself. Yeah. Like I'm never going to do it. Look, it's still there. I wasted all that money. And then same with the larger sizing or, you know, multiple sizing. It's like, what doesn't fit you that's in your closet right now 
is taking up energy and space. And what we want happening is clothing that fits you right now, that feels amazing. And, and women typically struggle with this because they're like, well, if I ask that question, then I'll have no clothing left. Mm -hmm. Number one, or I, you know, issues around money come up. Like I don't have the money. I don't want to spend the money to dress this body at this size. And that's where the coaching can come in because you deserve to have amazing options that spark joy, no matter what size you are. Like, think about that. Like I was just wearing clothing that I thought made me look acceptable. I'm using air quotes mm -hmm. and that would hide my body. And there really is a magic and an energy to clothing. Think about it. If you're, if you really don't like your clothing and you're putting that against your skin, it has an effect. Yeah. So that's a part of it. If someone walked into my closet and they looked at it, they would say, this woman is obsessed with stripes. <laughs> I, don't know I love stripes about. too. I, I love stripes. Too. <laughs> I should take a picture. So There's I have so many things with stripes. Even my daughter noticed. Um, and I bought- spark joy for you. They totally spark joy for me. I bought this really cute sweater at Target over the weekend and it has stripes. <laughs> <I'm> so happy. <laughs> so Yay. happy. I, do, I love stripes. All right. So what is the next one? I, I think-, I think I think the next one might be my favorite. Detox your mind. Yeah. Yes. So it's all about how to identify the negative thoughts that you're thinking that are keeping you from what you want and how to replace those, turn those around and develop a story that you tell yourself that's empowering around your food and body. Yes. That is so important. Oh my God. It's like the foundation of everything. Yeah, it really so is. Like, right. So you can drink kale smoothies and go to Pilates and have banging clothes. But if what you're telling yourself the entire time is that you're worthless, that you need to lose another five pounds, it, it doesn't matter. So you have to be willing to pay attention to what you're telling yourself and talk to yourself with love. Yes. I can't emphasize this enough. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. The way that you speak to yourself does also end up coming out of your mouth, Yep. whether it's like hidden in self-deprecation or you truly just outright talk shit to yourself mm -hmm. out loud and other people are paying attention. The universe is paying attention. So please, please, please pay attention to how you speak to yourself. Yeah. And yeah. And the last one, I, I don't know, this is kind of like my favorite too. <laughs> yeah, they're all, all my, my favorite. favorite. I know. Number seven is. Number seven is show up and be seen. Yes. And I talk about this, like make a scene. So, um, so many women are deleting themselves from photos, from experiences, from asking for what they want. And so the final step of this process is all about, you know, what do you need to ask for? What do you need to claim? Like, let's really step into the woman who takes exceptional care of herself and how does she move through the world? What kind of experiences does she want to have? And just stop waiting to live your life the way you want to live it until you look a certain way. Yes. It's the whole showing up thing I think is don't, would you say, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that every woman struggles to some extent in this area. Is that fair? That is totally fair. Um, I struggle with it and it's, it's really because we have a history 
of when women excel, let's knock her off that pedestal. Yeah. Right. So not just online, I mean, in life, life. So women, you know, I was raised like, don't make a scene, don't Mm -hmm. draw attention, um, you know, tone it down. And this process is all about toning it up way up. Yeah. I had a client in my last group program and she, I gave her the assignment because same messaging that she heard and her, I think it was her mom used to tell her, don't make a fuss. And Mm -hmm. so she was, she would come home from work and have really hard days or just, you know, hard weeks. And she was just like wanting to vent and get it out. So I gave her the assignment of fuss Fridays where she would come (laughs) home (laughs) and make a fucking fuss. Fuss Fridays. Right. Fuss Fridays. I love it. (laughs) And, um, oh no, I lost my train of thought. Dang it. Oh, the, you recently had, I always love to hear about people who preach this message, who still sometimes struggle and have to do their own work, because I think sometimes we can make up that, oh, you know, Susan Hyatt must have it on lockdown. Is it true? Did I gather this from one of your social media posts that you had had this short dress that you were going to wear on a TV appearance and you almost didn't wear it? Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, Susan Hyatt, this is what your book is about. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yes, I, I'll spare your audience the long dramatic wardrobe drama story of UPS and, um, wardrobe, not making it and all these things. And I had this backup dress to wear on Windy City Live, which is a talk show in Chicago. And it's a beautiful dress. And when I put it on with the heels that went with it, It was a couple of inches shorter than I thought it would be. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, you cannot go on daytime television looking this sexy. And Which is old. I just want to stop because that is old messaging, right? Yeah, right. Old, old messaging. And I had this other backup dress that was almost... (laughs) laugh about it now. I took it back, but it almost looked like a pilgrim dress or something. Like it was the two total opposites of one Mm -hmm. another, like totally, totally covered, totally modest. And this one I was totally covered, but it was clingy. It was a little short. And I ultimately had to say to myself, like, what are you afraid is going to happen if you walk in front of that studio audience and you were on this talk show looking like this. Mm-hmm. And it was the old, like, who does she think she is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who does she think she is? And I really, you know, I had to coach myself and go, you are Susan fucking Hyatt right. is who you are. And you are going to strut out in front of that audience and show women what it looks like to embody yourself and own it all. And that's what I did. But it took some coaching. Walk your talk. Yeah. Uh, I want to put it. I want to put a picture in the show notes of you on the show, because when you sit down, I mean, you know, it creeps up even a little bit more, <laughs> a couple more inches. It's a lot of leg. There's a whole lot of leg. And it was yep. such a stunning dress and you looked great in it. And I'm, I'm so grateful for this story and just that, yeah, we still hear that old messaging. And what I like to emphasize to people it, is that it's not that we don't still hear those thoughts, the old messaging, the old core beliefs, they still come in. But what we have done is reach 
trained our brains, you know, because it's neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. to stop ourselves and I call it course correct. And mm-hmm. it's not always that we tell ourselves like flowery affirmations, like, damn, you look good, girl. And sometimes, yeah. but sometimes it's just about noticing that you are having the thought and choosing to honor your values and what's important to you and be the woman that you want to be proud of. And anyone can do that. Anyone. anyone. It's available to all of us, which is the good news. It's a skill and a tool tool that you can use to develop this new skill. And both Susan and I are here to tell you that we did not think this way all the time. <laughs> no. It was no. a skill that we developed and honed and committed to. And it is a commitment. And it's, you know, it's it takes bravery to, which I know your listeners are brave, Um, It takes bravery to be willing to eavesdrop on yourself, Mm -hmm. notice that mean girl and clap back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, why would you say thank you for going through all of those and everybody go right now, pause this audio, go get the book. (laughs) When, when women are working on change and going through their journey and, you know, maybe trying to implement the bare steps. Why is it, why do you think it's so hard to stay consistent with these new healthy habits? I think it's hard to stay consistent because, which is why step one is so important. The messaging, we've been steeped in diet culture since birth. And the messaging that is coming at us from culture at large is that you have to have willpower, no pain, no gain, do it this way. There's always a new diet being presented All of our peers are typically talking about whatever new diet they're trying. And so it's all around you, the opposite kind of messaging. And so what happens, I think, when a woman starts to implement new things is that they are like, like I did. When I learned thought work, I was like, my problems are over. I know how to change my mindset. And then I would think a negative thought and say, oh, this doesn't work. It's not working. Forget it. It's not working. Right. And so it's, there will be obstacles and things will feel uncomfortable. And it's not that everything is going to be rosy and easy. It's just now you have the tools and you have to keep going and keep going. Yes. It's about consistency. I always say it's like learning a new language. Like yeah. you don't, you don't learn French and then you know, try it and then you mess up and you're like, oh, forget it. I'm never doing it again. And then you put it away. Well, that's not how it works. Like you have to consistently practice and practice and practice and make it, make it something that you're committing to that's important to you. Exactly. And it's, and just not giving into defeat, you know, not get, just because you have a hard day doesn't mean it doesn't work. Right. Those are probably the days that you need it the most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know you've you've gone over all of the steps and and talked to us about how important it is to really, if nothing else, just open your eyes to what diet mm-hmm. culture is. Mm-hmm. But what is the overall message? Anything you want to add before we close that you want to spread to women as it relates to reshaping their mind and their life? The the biggest message is this that the amount of time that women spend obsessing on food, body, and aging. Think about how many times throughout your day, your mind wanders and obsesses on how you look, how much weight you've gained or lost. What should you eat? Oh, that's good. That That's bad. Changing your clothes a million times because you can't leave the house until something makes you look skinny, all that stuff. If we can unravel that 
and harness that energy towards actual goals that matter. It's not about weight loss. It's about life gain. So I'm like, listen, forget thigh gap. We're here to work on wage gap. So if you do this work, the relationships you have will be better. You'll make more money. You know, the sky is going to open up for you because you're going to be harnessing that beautiful mind and all your energy on things that actually matter and impact your life. Yes. Yes, queen. Testify. All right. Well, I, I mentioned in the intro that we're doing a book giveaway and, but there's an additional thing that someone is going to win. So why don't you tell the audience, what they're going to win, and then I will tell them how they can win it. Absolutely. So I have a paid membership community called Bear Daily, and there's a digital program that's included that has every step of the bear process. There's a video and there's audio and there's workbook downloads. And then there's a private Facebook group where I'm in there and my certified coaches are in there coaching people basically 24 seven on food and body issues that come up. And so one lucky winner is going to get not only the book, but a three month membership to bear daily, which is it's 97 a month. So that's a $300 value. Yay. Okay. So here's how you can enter everyone. So this particular giveaway is only good for a couple of days. So until Friday, March 8th at five o'clock Eastern time. So go over to Instagram. I will have posted first thing on Wednesday morning, the 6th, when this podcast episode drops, go to that image of me and Susan Hyatt and tell us your biggest takeaway from this particular episode. And we'll take all the comments. We will choose completely at random a winner and you will be notified via private message. We'll tag you and then send you a private message to get you all set up with sending you the book and the three-month membership to Bear Daily. Yay! And, oh my gosh, I, this this subtitle is a mouthful. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the book is called Bear, a seven-week program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. And I will also tell y'all, and I know a lot of you are so curious, like, who coaches Andrea Owen? Who makes Andrea the best that she can be? It's Mrs. Susan Hyatt. Oh, yes. You are <laughs> such a delight to coach and hilarious to coach. I am hilarious. <laughs> I will, I will, I will take that and agree with you. So good luck to everybody with the giveaway. Again, it is from now until March 8th at five o'clock Eastern time. And until next time, everyone, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I know how valuable your time is. Thank you for spending it with Susan and me. And I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye, everybody. Hey there, Ask Kickers. If you are still with us, then that tells me you are a loyal listener of the podcast. And first and foremost... I am telling you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time with me. And it takes an absolute village to create each and every podcast episode. So thank you to those of you who have joined me over on Patreon. And if you're not familiar with it, you can jump on over to patreon.com slash Y-K-A-L and read about how you can become a supporter of the show for as little as $1 
an episode. So if I have ever helped you, if I have ever made you think, if I have ever made you laugh or entertain you, I hope that you go over there and consider supporting the show. It would mean the absolute world to me. There are perks to be had over there as well. You can read about them depending on which tier you choose. Again, that's patreon.com slash YKAL. 